Welcome back to the Eye on the Ball podcast. I am your host, Dan I. The bye week is over. Bye week is over. Bills are off. I hope you all enjoyed your Sunday. Got out, touched some grass, breathed some real air. The Bills didn't play. The Bills didn't lose. The Bills didn't disappoint us. Always a plus. At this point in the season, you know, it's hard to tell who needed the buy more, the fans or the players. I'm hoping what we see coming in this week against Kansas City is going to be an entirely different vibe around this team. Kind of keeping going what we saw the past couple of weeks, but a a killer mentality in the last five weeks of your backs are against the wall, and I'd love to see him play like that. But I hope they took that time to rest up and recharge. I spent my Sunday making hot chocolate, passing out hot chocolate, helping kids write letters to Santa. A good day, a good way to reconnect, get away from just caring about football. 24-7 and thinking about all the different ways that the Bills can make the playoffs because, well, Monday morning rolled around and that jumped right back into my brain looking at the standings, looking at all the different ways, all the different backup quarterbacks playing ahead of the Bills in the standings right now that they can pass with just one or two bad games. But uh, let's get into it a little bit here. The bye week... Uh, Congrats to Dawson Knox getting engaged to a Sacred Heart girl, private school girl. Uh, good for him. The the Von Miller situation, I'm not going to spend very much time in a, on it at all. There is still too much to be determined. If he did it, fuck him. Bye. Scumbag. If he didn't do it, holy moly. But at this point... You let things play out as they are. I know what I think. You know what you think. We'll let things play out. There's no sense diving into and digging into all of the details that could have happened, might have happened, did, according to a police report, happen. Too much to still unpack there, especially to consider, even from the Bills' perspective, of what this means in terms of contracts and things. You don't even want to go to that level. This is a human issue first. And I could care less about contract and what it costs and salary cap and this and that. The NFL for too long has had too soft of a policy on domestic violence. For God's sakes, Ray Rice was suspended for two games until the video came out of him punching his girlfriend in an elevator, and then he was suspended indefinitely. If you're looking for the NFL to be your beacon for morality, you're going to be greatly disappointed. But we'll let things play out. We'll tackle them as they come. He hasn't been much of a help on the field, so for the football perspective of it, no sense wasting time on that. I hope to God it isn't a distraction, and if it is, he handles it like a man and addresses what's going on. But it's really hard to put your faith in a professional athlete for anything other than the sport they play in a lot of scenarios. 
and this one seems not much different. So back to the football part of things. Let's talk about the Bills and the Chiefs. It is Chiefs week. The Bills with their backs against the wall. The Chiefs all of a sudden struggling, not looking like the lauded Super Bowl champs that we expected at this point of the year. And it really seems like the issues with the receiving core that they have built are starting to show. We saw it again on Sunday Night Football when the Packers held on, beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs have now lost three of five games, including losses to Denver and Philadelphia. Boy, that feels familiar, doesn't it? Bills lost three of their last five games with losses to Denver and Philadelphia. Both teams have beaten Miami. Chiefs did it in Germany. Bills did it on their home field. At this point, you look at the Vegas line, Bills are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. And I've been trying to suppress this thought, but I am so damn optimistic going into this game that this is the most vulnerable Chiefs team that the Bills have ever faced. And they match up extremely well against this Chiefs team, looking at how they can be hurt. I mean, to this point, despite all of the struggles, yes, you're a 6-6 six and six team, there's bad decisions, bad moves, bad plays, bad games, bad this, bad that, bad everything. You almost have to wipe it from your memory at this point and think about just the bills that you've seen the past two weeks. The bills that throttled the Jets, and a really good Jets defense. And then a team that hung right with the Eagles to the very end, minus one coaching decision. Using that sample size of the new offense, quote unquote, under Ken, or now that Ken Dorsey's gone and they're working and operating under Joe Brady, this is an entirely different Buffalo Bills team. You're talking they're averaging 33 points over those two games and almost 900 yards of offense in those two games. If you promised me that that trend would continue, they'd go into Kansas City and they'd put up 450 yards of offense and 33 points. I don't know anybody in the Bills Mafia that would that would not take that offer. <laughs> if you told me right now, hand to God, 33 points, 450 yards of offense, excellent. Sign me up. I'm doing it. I don't care what any other factors are. I will take that. Because, let's face it, this is a a Chiefs team that has struggled to put up points. They put up 41 against Chicago early, early in the season at home, which, great, good for them. It's Chicago. But in the past, I don't know, two months, you want to go back even to the beginning of October. You go back all the way to week four. They were 23, 27, 19. They had two games where they got over 30 points. Wins over the Raiders and the Chargers. 
And the Bills also put up 30-plus on the Raiders in the beginning of the season. Their losses, they've put up 9, 17, and 19. Now against Philly, that was a close game right down to the wire. Green Bay, right down to the wire. The refs getting way too involved in that one. But they got smacked by Denver on the road. They squeaked by Miami by seven points. And they handled the Raiders. The team the Bills also handled. It, you really can't separate these teams too much at this point in the season outside of the fact that one is eight and four and the other is six and six. Uh, if the Bills play just in the sample size of the last two weeks, if they play and match that caliber, I love the Bills' odds in this game. You're talking two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Take a money line at this point. To this point in the season, Josh Allen has matched Patrick Mahomes every step of the way for all the talk that Mahomes is the gold standard. Allen has two more touchdowns. Almost 100 more passing yards. A fractionally better completion percentage. Yes, he has three more interceptions than Mahomes. But Allen also has nine rushing touchdowns and Mahomes has zero. So when you wrap in the total number of touchdowns that Josh Allen has accounted for, he's up to 33 as opposed to Mahomes is 22. And it really speaks to the struggles that Kansas City's offense has seen. They can move the ball, but they just don't have the weapons that they used to have. This is a team that looked so, so scary, and they've really become one-dimensional. You look at the receiver list for the Chiefs, and there's nothing that scares you outside of Travis Kelsey. He's your leading receiver on the team. It's really hard to look at them and say, well, the Bills are going to have a really tough matchup here, there, anywhere with any receiver. Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson, Valdez Scantling, Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney. There's just nothing that scares you at this point. And these guys aren't getting targets. Kelsey is the predominant target on the team. I mean, he's got... 813 yards, and he leads the team. Rasheed Rice follows him. But that looks pretty damn similar to Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. And with all the frustration that Gabe Davis has caused, nobody would think Gabe Davis is a matchup problem for a team. Well, Kansas City's number two isn't a matchup problem either. The biggest struggle the Bills will have is Travis Kelsey in coverage. And I think you're going to have to see the safeties getting more involved. You're going to see more Jordan Poyer playing in the dime package as that second linebacker. You're going to have the opportunity coming in healthy with Rasul Douglas, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford. Taron Johnson, these guys are going to have opportunities because this is honestly a game where they match up pretty well. And 
I got to imagine that offensively, the Bills have an advantage here against the Chiefs' defense. I think the way they're now playing goes back to that 13 seconds game. That's the type of offense the Bills are playing now. This running gun, Allen being mobile when he has to. I think that's the spark in the type of play that they're bringing to the table. And now you look at the playoff race and no, the Bills may not win out. It's not like they're going to sit there and go 11 and 6. I'm not guaranteeing that. But 10 and 7 is entirely within the realm of possibilities. Miami is probably going to run away with the division. I don't I don't think you should be trying to think about chasing the division at this point. Although they do have a tough stretch to end the season. Their last three games are brutal, but unless the Bills are within two games at that point, which I don't foresee, let the division go. And you can, fingers crossed, you get Miami on week 18 and they aren't playing their starters and you sneak in. At this point, it doesn't matter what it looks like. You just have to get in. Because there's so many problematic teams that are going to have to overcome stupid adversity to get in. Even just looking at the... uh, even just looking at the AFC wildcard race right now. Fifth seed, Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, Kenny Pickett's out, their quarterback. They're going to be starting Mitch Trubisky. Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson. He's done for the year. Indianapolis Colts, Anthony Robertson's done for the year. They're on to Gardner Minshew. you got a rookie in Houston. You've got Russell Wilson in Denver. Since he's starting a backup. And now you've got the Bills in 11th. All of these teams are separated by one game right now. Five through 11. Three of those seven teams are getting in. It's not out of the realm of possibilities that the Bills could still make the playoffs. And there may be surprising teams here. But the Bills also, in terms of a watchability standpoint give you the most interesting matchup if they're going to go in as a seven seed and have to face a Baltimore or a Kansas City in the first round. Nobody's going to want to see the Cleveland Browns and a backup quarterback or the Pittsburgh Steelers and even Kenny Pickett when he's healthy. Even when their offense is fully functional, it's not functional. It just doesn't present as good of a matchup. I think from standpoint of if there are script writers anywhere that are listening to this for the NFL, script the Buffalo Bills into the seventh seat at least. We'll go to Baltimore. We'll go take a ride down to Baltimore and at least give you an interesting game. On the flip side, if they lose this week to Kansas Kansas City, blow it up. You got to come back home and face Dallas. I think when you look at the rest of the season, Dallas is the game that you could write off as that's the one they lose. But it's at home. 
and if you beat Kansas City, all of a sudden you spark something in the fans again, it could get rowdy, and maybe you get a bad weather game or something weird happen. Who knows what can happen? There's still so much that can change in five weeks. Talking half these teams could be seven and ten, and the other half could be eleven and six by the time you get to the end. You could be miles apart, but right now they are all separated by one game. One game. And three of the seven will get in. But in terms of the matchup, it's hard not to like what the Bills present against Kansas City. It's a chance to exercise some demons going back to KC. Again, the Bills traditionally do very well against Kansas City in the regular season. They've beaten them before. They can beat them again. If you have a defense that just bends and doesn't break, which is maddening to plenty of people, if the defense can bend and not break and the offense can function like it did in Philly against a mean Philly defense and put up 30-something points, this they're going to be okay, and they're going to be dead even if not ahead and have a real good shot at winning this game. I think if I had to put a bet on it, just take Bill's money line at this point. You you have to. I don't. Kelsey is the big threat, and that's going to present its own set of challenges, but it does to every team, and there's plenty of film on how to handle it. Bills have had two weeks to game plan for it. The coaching staff has had two weeks to game plan for it. You don't think they're going to have a plan for how to handle it? The rushing game is Isaiah Pacheco. That's it. They don't they don't have anything else. And even then, he's averaging a half yard less per carry than James Cook and has 50 more yards than him on the season. James Cook is just as good as Isaiah Pacheco. And I don't think there's a massive threat there when you got Terrell Bernard in the middle for the Bills. I think you continue to see a linebacker rotation. I think you continue to see by committee on the D-line. And I think the key, once again, is get some pressure in Mahomes' face. Because if you can get to him, you're going to force some bad decisions and they don't have the level of talent at receiver to make up for that. They have in years past. Bad decisions, but you can overthrow it because Tyreek Hill will catch up to it. And you can you can make things happen because of the weapons you have. They don't have that anymore. And the Bills defense has an opportunity to make a little bit of a statement here when you've got CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott and Tony Pollard and the whole Dallas gang coming to Orchard Park in two weeks. But you can't, we can think about that. They can't think about that. You have to focus right now on one game at a time, what's right in front of you. And if they, if they beat the Chiefs and they go to seven and six, 
and knock the Chiefs to eight and five, it's really going to open up the AFC even further. The Chiefs are honestly the most comfortable in their division. They still have a two-game lead. Denver's sitting at six and six and not scaring anybody to that level. Baltimore probably pretty comfortable, but God, Jacksonville after Trevor Lawrence gets hurt on Monday Night Football, all of a sudden they've got the Colts and Texans both sitting at seven and five, breathing down their neck. That's a nightmare scenario for them. And I think for the Dolphins, you they're I would assume they're pretty comfortable at this point, and I think they have reason to be. But you don't want to end up in a situation where the Bills come around. I mean, they beat them 48-20. to 20. You might want to prove that you had a bad day and whatnot, but there will be something in the back of your head. Kansas City may be in the most comfortable position, but all of a sudden, if Denver wins this week and the Bills win this week, Kansas City's only one game ahead of Denver for the AFC West. The Denver team that people thought you were going to see last year and just 100% did not happen. But there's just so much to unpack, so many storylines, so many things can change. And right now, the the top four seeds are in place, but one bad week and all of a sudden those can look shaky. I think we're in for a really fun ride to the finish line. And I may be entirely wrong. And next week, I may be miserable. But I'll be here. And we'll look at the other ways the Bills can make it by winning out and beating Dallas at home and starting the run to the playoffs. You got one loss still to give yourself some wiggle to have even a prayer. Two losses and you're dead. Don't let this week be the one loss. Keep your chip Keep your dreams alive. Bills by eight. As always, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Eye on the Ball Podcast. We'll be getting some predictions out ahead of the Kansas City game. Some of the keys to the game, the players we think are going to be the ones to shine. Keep an eye on Khalil Shakir again this week. The man catches 83% of the passes thrown his way, far and away. The best rate on the Bills right now. Keep an eye on that kid. We'll be back next week. See where things shape up. A lot to unpack for the whole AFC. We'll dig into it all. Thanks for joining us. Catch you next week. And as always, Go Bills! Go Bills!